Welcome to Hell's Comic Book, where strangers are a family. Every episode may contain graphic content such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex and sound effects of various worlds. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned as well as all the people that were warned before I put their heads on pikes. We had fun, fun battle, fun time, where lots of blood and fire and mean old dogs got in the way of everything. After a long fought battle of Ordon almost falling to his death and his other compatriots brushing it off their shoulders, a man comes out of a door holding a crossbow towards the big man Asmodai as we lead off on a cliffhanger. Okay, uh, for uh, Ordon, you get a plus one on your hit dice for the day. Not too useful after combat, but well, you do what you do. So, I suppose we uh, start back up with the groan of a string, and we see uh, the woodstock of uh, the crossbow, as we see the gleam of liquid on, narrow, or on a bolt, and it's aimed at a blurry figure as we focus and see Asmodai. The man said, you've taken everything away from me. You're my wife's killer. I will kill you. Mm, correction on two points. One, you won't kill me. Secondly, I have not taken away your life as you're still standing here. I'm not in the mood to deal with this. If you want to continue to live, then you will put that crossbow down. Um, I would say, make me intimidation check. Does the fact that I'm kind of covered in blood and just killed, like, <laughs> 15 people and ju just came out of being a fire elemental and I still have my uh, fallen Azamar stuff up, my necrotic shroud still up, does that help at all in the check, like an advantage? I'd say no, because Mega has um, the same eyesight as that guy, so he probably just doesn't see it. Th that makes no sense. <laughs> Um, sure, absolutely, you can have an advantage. That's 20. Modified 20. Alright. Um, I would say with that intimidation check, you see the crossbow as it... It falls to the ground. Falls to the ground, we see the arrow, like, uh, shoot out. It's nowhere near you. Just shoots off and uh, basically ricochets off of uh, the cobblestone into an alley. The man falls down on his knees and begins to sob, repeating a single name, Hobble, as he just cries. And I'll go up to him and kind of... Did he? Did you say he dropped the crossbow? Or is he... Okay, I'll kick that out of the way. Uh, and I'll just go up to him and be like, What happened to your wife is unfortunate, and I apologize for my fault in for my involvement in it. It was an accident. You have to realize 
that hatred just brings more hatred and more death and more misery. So what we have to do is put our minds towards something more creative. What you should be asking yourself is who convinced your wife to put her in a situation where her life was at risk? Because if it wasn't me, there were a lot of armed guards who could have done it. So you have to ask yourself, who can put the thoughts in your wife's head to put her in harm's way? Maybe that's perhaps who we should be getting rid of and not the unfortunate souls who got caught in the, caught in the crossfire, but the ones who are pulling the strings behind the scenes. That is what I am seeking to remedy. Mm. Okay, just to uh, make sure I don't misunderstand, you're uh, uh, trying to push the blame onto, uh, uh, what the fuck was his name? Uh, Irondrick, uh, the uh, preacher that raised the mob. I mean, that's an uncharitable way of looking at it. What he's basically saying, he's trying to comfort the guy, but yes, he's basically saying, blame the power structures. And it's somewhat putting the blame on him, but in a very subtle way. Well, yeah, yeah, excellent. It's very excellent. I would say that, you know, like, uh, his fingers are, like, just scratching the stone. We can actually see, like, his nails chip as he just hits his fist onto the stone again and again and again and again as we see tears and droplets go and hit the ground, dripping from his nose. Bitterly says, Gideon, damn snake, Gideon, 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 and just keeps hitting the ground. Uh, it seems like he's uh, pretty, bl- uh, he's pretty blinded, not only by a rage, but a turmoil of emotions. Perhaps you should take that rage and direct it at a target that actually deserves it. Large lion cannot be taken down by one lowly gazelle. Or deer, when no gazelles, by one deer. You need many. You should go and tell the people and get others to assist you. I'm sure you are not the only one that has been hurt by Gideon's influence. Maybe persuasion with advantage, because I was. I, I like that. Yeah! <laughs> And where's my where's my reliable talent at level three? Stupid mm. broken eloquence part. <laughs> uh, so he, he looks up to you. There's glaze to his eyes, but it seems one thing did stick inside of his head that he will kill the lion at all costs. He is going to go after his target, and I think. He wobbles up. He had a basically like a, two hands on his uh, crossbow, but as it got skittered away from your kick, he uh, does have a cane as well. It, he uses that to uh, as a third leg to help stabilize himself as he gets himself up. And he basically, unless you have anything else you want to say, he looks like he has a purpose. Nope. I'm good. He, yeah. Very well handled. Uh, He basically uh, walks back through the entrance he came out of, and you guys are out of combat. Uh, What do you all want to do? Well, isn't this little thing just adorable? As he just, like, taps on the little fey fly, and it starts skittering around. I'm going to call you Ivan. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, what were we all talking about? <laughs> Just like, Piwan clearly not paying attention. He's like, poking around through the, the burnt ash, and um, burning the the fallen people, saying his prayers as they burn. Well, as Oridon <clears throat> makes his way over to one of the hellish-looking dogs, he pulls out a knife out of his pocket and sinks it into its chest. <clears throat> Begins to rip it open as he looks for any oddities on the inside. Uh, are you looking for anything specific? Uh, knowledge on their anatomy? Uh... Knowledge on anatomy. Okay, no, that's it? Okay, um, let's see, what would be the best thing for that? It would be... Medicine. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, make me a intelligence uh, medicine roll, please. Boom. Uh, wait, that, I think that's using your wisdom. As, add your intelligence modifier to that. Yeah. Oh, so that'd be 19. Yeah, no, you... So, uh, there, there's uh, a couple things I can actually uh, tell you about with uh, these uh, beasts. Uh, first thing, it seems like uh, they have a vulnerability to a uh, fire. Even though their hide is tough, it appears that, like, uh, whatever kind of mutation that these uh, monsters have gone through have uh, created this kind of... Uh, I'm trying to think of the genetic term for, you know, like... Uh, this kind of uh, weakness but uh other than that it appears to be a forceful uh, mutation between a lion and a wolf that uh and it also appears that uh, this thing is not that old it appears to only be about four to five days old so it, it it was hard enough fighting these things, or you guys really didn't have much of a challenge, but there was potential danger with it. But, you know, like, your heart kind of sinks trying to, th or, like, even guessing at the probability of what an adult would be like. Um, and I, s that's about everything I can give you for a 19. Uh, with a 19, would we be able to get a, a name for it? It's called the Lionhound, or at least that's uh, what you'd dub it. Easy enough. And then after doing his research on the subject he cuts off its ears and puts it in its pocket all right sounds perfectly fine all right uh what else do you guys do i imagine that me would be interested in weapons just because it's kind of what he does on his free time so he'd be at least examining them a little bit although i would love to bear the more blood of our enemies we should get rest. I'm not doing so well. And those weapons of yours, I'll check them out once we get to a safe place. It's like, well, I'm certainly hoping that the that uh, my new place of residence has at least some tea. Does it have any beer? You know, I wouldn't. No, I was only there for a little bit. Everyone was a bit distracted. Nobody offered me a beer, though. That's why we're friends, because I offer you beer. At the mention of tea, Oridon's gonna go back to the um, lion hound, empty out his water skin, and try to wring out some blood into it. That little one's kind of weird, isn't he? Well, I like to think that all of us are a little bit weird. And just kind of like uh, pats me on the head. Um, so. Well, they're tall, dark, and handsome, and also apparently gloomy. Are you ready? <laughs> That's like if Piwan calls back to Asmodee. <laughs> 
Well done. We have all of this gear here that we need to sort through. Since we have picked up all of these things and probably placed them in a pile. Also, I have a prisoner that I need to take back and have interrogated. Or do it now. Maybe now. Um, if you want to interrogate right now, you can go right ahead. Well, while you will interrogate this man, I would love to join. Leave the items with me. I'll be over here. About ten feet away from where they can see me. Mm. Also, was that stutter just at a ruse, or did you suddenly... It, what happened? Your voice sounds different. If it's ruse, very good ruse, because I was underestimating you. Ruse? No, no, no. I suffer from a few, how do you say, mental disorders. It is not just one of us inside the skull, but two. When the helmet comes on, I'm sure you notice the difference. Now enough questions. Let us do what we need to do. Go on. Yeah, whatever. And if they give me, if they allow me to look at the weapons, I'll be casting detect magic as a ritual on them. Okay. Do you have identify? Because that would be better than all, all detect magic is going to do is give you a school of magic and whether or not they're magical. I don't, but I wanted to use a ritual. Also above game, he might not have the pearl. Ah, that that's true too. So even if he even if he did have it prepared, he wouldn't be able to cast it anyway. But detect magic at least lets us know that something is magical instead of just looking really nice. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, while he's doing that, I'm going to go to the uh, man who's tied up and probably crapping himself uh, and uh, take the gag out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. So we uh, see this uh, man with uh, black hair. He's uh, pretty poultry, you know, like uh, he, he's a little on the bigger side. He has meaty thighs, meaty arms, and we just hear him go, uh, Quit your squirming. I'll take the gag out of his mouth, and as I do so, I'll just kind of sit, lean back on this table here, and uh, pull out one of the uh, knives I have, and just sort of act like I'm inspecting it and sharp, and kind of like faux sharpening it, wiping off any blood mm -hmm. on it. Yeah, and we just hear him. Uh, the first thing that he sputters out is, uh, "You damn red dog, killed them." Killed them all, and he's just looking around at his dead friends. <laughs> really, really, are we going to play high ground, low ground here when you're the ones that attacked me? Come on now, you're shocked that all of a sudden a lot of people died when you tried to kill me. Come on, it was supposed to turn out this way, and he just looks at you with a squint to his eye. No, it wasn't. I was walking across the city. You're supposed to be dead. Should have got you. And he, uh, I think uh, what he does uh, is he just uh, says, a red dog is better in the ground and he spits on your foot. Oh, that's not very nice. Look, you, you got my boot all dirty. Here, I need to clean it off. And I kick him in the head. Mind you, my boots are probably made out of metal. And that's, he's now missing teeth, probably. Yeah. Oh, that's no doubt. Hang on. Um, so e each time you uh, hit him, we're going to do a check to see if he stays uh, conscious. Obviously, you can wake him up, but it's going to take time if you accidentally knock him out. 
but it will help with your interrogation. It won't take time. I can bring him back instantly. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. Oh, hell yeah. So then, uh, then just for the hell of it, yeah, uh, you uh, see like a few of uh, uh, white teeth, or actually yellow teeth, stained uh, fucking fly out of his mouth. Now he's missing uh, one of his front teeth and one of his uh, canines. And he spits a bit of blood this time, not towards you. <sighs> Good, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Uh, so, let's start with the easy questions. Who sent you? Actually, first, what is your name? And then we'll go with who sent you. Why should I tell an ass like you? Uh, because a but I may be. Uh, I am the only thing that's keeping you alive at the moment. He, he, uh, looks at you and just says, Name's Vince. Ah, okay, Vince. Let's start with the second question now. Who sent you? You know what? I think it was your mother. Oh, You know, she can be a right whore at times, but, um, I don't think that's the right answer. I will give- that is strike one. Uh, I will warn you, each strike comes with its own <laughs> strike. So if you would like to keep going, you can. Big man, instead of the head this time, try the serratus anterior. You might get a little wind out of him. Ah, uh, I think uh, he uh, begins to uh, pipe up and says, You know what? You're right. It was your mother. She told me to tell you that she's going to be gone for a few nights and then the hospital bed after I'm done banging her on your headboard. Nice. I will. I hope you two have a good time. Though, I feel like it's going to be really hard for you to um, really pleasure her because, and as I do that, I grab his hand and I cut off two fingers. Oh, shit! You seem to be missing something important for the pleasure of a woman. <laughs> Yeah, we see the blood spurt right on the ground. He's just looking at his hand, and he's just going. <sighs> fucking just looking at his nubs for fingers. So, are we going to keep playing this game, or are you going to actually start answering questions? Because, see, the thing is, I can keep you alive for as long as I need to. You're very far from death. Trust me, I know what death looks like. So, if you want to keep playing games, we can keep the pain going for a very long time. Until the point you're actually begging me to kill you. So, how do you want to do this? No need for intimidation or anything. That's just... His, his fucking fingers are gone. So, I think uh, the way he approaches this is uh, by saying, I'll tell you what you want. Just no more fingers. <sighs> Good. I promise no more fingers will be taken from you as long as you begin to answer my questions. Alright, first question. Who do you work for? Who sent you? I work underneath Benjamin. We're part of the Wild Ones. Wild. Okay. Part of the Wild Ones. And, uh, you guys were popping out of the Unseen Public, weren't you? He nods his head. And... Now we go to question that might be over your pay grade, but I want to hear your opinion anyway. Are you guys working with the Jade Hand? He 
It just gives you glare. Jade Hand owns the Unseen Public right now. I thought the Wild Ones were oh so wonderfully independent. Looks like you have... Uh, what is the phrase? Cucking? Yes. I believe you're cucking for the Jade Hand. Just like everybody else in, else in this worthless city. Simping! That's a word! <laughs> you're calling this guy a fucking simp? No, I'm calling the wild ones simps. You know, not gonna lie, you got me a little excited until you corrected yourself. But again, uh, he, uh, he says to you, uh, yeah, it's above my pay grade, but... We work with other gangs, too, so I can only assume that we're working underneath the jade. Hmm. Well, that <clears throat> confirms that suspicion. Um, where are you guys located? Where? Tell me where your base is. Uh, I think this time he bites his tongue. But he looks again on his uh, uh, fingers. He stares at his fingers. Or lack thereof fingers. Uh, and... He mentions that inside of uh, the Wild One's territory, basically uh, down two streets to the left to the right, down an alleyway, all sorts of uh, crazy-ass directions, you're going to see like a, a two-story building that double acts as a brothel right here. Okay. On the map. So if you want to keep that as a mark, you do know like uh, one, one of the headquarters of uh, uh, the Wild Ones is that he uh, goes on to tell you I'm not sure if this is all of our bases, but this is the one I go to all, all the time. Ah, uh, and at this point I'm going to take out a bandage and start kind of like going to cover the wound. But before I do that, I'm going to use lay on hands and give him one point. I'm going to do it directly over the uh, fingers, hoping to heal up the flesh a little bit so it's not spurting everywhere. It, it, it knits up enough to, like, you know, to stop bleeding, at least. Yeah, and I'll wrap some bandages around it. You know, like, ah, well, Vincent, you've been also helpful. Uh, any other uh, things that you think might be pertinent for me to know before we end our conversation? Uh, he won't say it, but uh, the only other oddity I want to make sure that you guys do remember is that uh, the Wild Ones in this ambush were working with uh, another uh, faction as well. Yeah, they were working with the Greyhounds. I know. Yep. Um, Alright, just want to make sure. Yep. Or in that, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Alright. And the Wild Ones all wear a tattoo, right? Yep. Brown Badger. Brown Badger. Alright. I need to make a point. So... I do apologize. You're going to feel just a slight pinch. And I'm going to take the knife that I've had in my hand. I'm going to go pull up his shirt to wherever the... Where, where's the tattoo in particular? Uh, the tattoo, I would say, is above his heart. All right. Cool. Pull up his shirt. Move away any ropes. I'm going to just grab him and hold on to with my free hand onto the man's neck or sh and shoulder area to keep him from struggling uh, as I sort of pin him. Then with my other hand, I am going to take my dagger over the tattoo and begin to carve in an X over the top of the tattoo. 
And uh, as he passes out several times, I'm sure, during this, uh, I'm going to keep him on the verge of, of life by using my Lay on Hands, however many points you think I need to use for that. Um, and once it is done, I am going to then use Lay on Hands to sort of create scar tissue over the top of the tattoo. Not necessarily how the ability works, but I think it can thematically work, or it should make sense. Just do me a favor, just roll me a uh, 1d4. See how many times like he passes out. Once. He's very he's very hardy. I think it's more uh, towards you're very skillful. So, you know, he uh, passes out once uh, from the pain, and you uh, bring him back with Lay on Hand, spending only one HP, uh, or technically two. Two HP this entire time on him. Uh, and we see, yeah, like, I would say it just leaves, like, a nasty scar, right? Like, uh, it doesn't heal scars. Uh, it doesn't heal scars. It would probably create a scar. And if need for the effect, I can find fire or call one of the others over that I'm sure can make fire. Uh, Big Man seems to be able to make fire and just carterize a wound to uh, make a very nasty looking scar. Let's do that. That sounds fucking badass as shit. Because basically I want there to be a fleshy carterized X over the tattoo. Yeah. So yeah, Luffy style. Gotcha. Yeah, I I'm down for like, uh, you know, me helping you out. He is definitely down for that. Any excuse to burn someone. Alright. Tell me uh, what me does. Me... Uh, comes over and, oh, I guess it depends what Esmond I asked him to do. Uh, just to carterize this wound. <laughs> Bur etch it into his skin. <laughs> this one needs to be taught a lesson. Eh, not really a lesson for him. More for his superiors. Uh, Mi's, uh, antlers start to, like, glow red hot, like, coming from his, the mark on his face. As he just bends over and presses them to make the X shape over the scar, like over the tattoo. Hell yeah. I'm down for that, and, uh. <laughs> me, uh. Uh. Roll me a 1d4, please. What? We can say that he just passed out from that again from this like what the red well, red and white hot antlers like you'd see from a blacksmith uh branding his uh, skin searing off this tattoo until just a fleshy mark is uh left behind uh Asmodai, if you want to bring him back one last time you can yeah give him a gentle smack on the cheek as i uh usually on hence wake up ah there you are it's <laughs> Again, slight pinch. Now, contrary to what you might be thinking right now, I'm not going to kill you. In fact, I'm going to let you go. And you, in exchange for my generosity, am going to go to Colebeard and the other leader of the Wild Ones that I can't remember right now. Uh, Roy. Roy. There we go. And Roy, and let them know to not come on my territory anymore. 
or this is what will happen. I don't care what he does to the others, to the other games. You don't screw with the Crimson Fist, and you don't screw with me. Clear a message? Yes? And I'm like nodding at him like, do you understand yet? Simple? If he if he has a moment, or like if he is free in any capacity, he's gonna do like a Three Stooges like fucking Looney Tunes one place try uh, like attempt to run. No, I'm doing this before I cut him loose. I want him to make Just sure. Just to make sure. So yes, you see him like vigorously like nod with a little bit of chattering of his teeth. Good. I'm glad we understand each other. Wait, before you let him go, can I ask him a question? And be my guess. So I will walk up to the man with a spear in hand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to point it at his eye. Mm-hmm. Will you answer a question for me? He looks towards Aspidai. <laughs> and I just like nod. And he nods as well. I pull back the spear and I go up to his ear and whisper, Do you have any kids? What? Do you? have any children of your own he uh not so good then i'm going to take the spear and poke it where i believe his scrotum will be okay you, you gonna pop his nut exactly i'm gonna just look at him like where is this going <laughs> i don't know either but all right I, i'm down for it fucking crazy well i mean to be fair, like, Cupcake's going in the right direction for this. I mean, if he stops people from having kids, like, you can't kill any orphans. So, I, I'm supportive of this. I am. Okay, so, uh, so you pop his nut. Like, both of them, one, like, let's go in detail here. You're bringing it this far, let's go. Oh, my idea is to make it like a shish kebab. Fuck, dude. You leaving the dick? <laughs> so... Do you have a knife out right now? No, I'm using a spear. Okay, I'm gonna just kind of reach up and grab your arm and stop you from doing that. Because uh, my prisoner has suffered enough. I do not need him that badly scarred. I'd like him to not immediately contemplate my murder. I want him scared, not hateful. And you're for sure just, just grabbing it, not telling me to stop before you do that? Uh, I'm grabbing it and telling you to stop. Let's see how this pans out. I'm going to step on Asmodai's foot and try to make him drop the spear again. You gotta hit my foot. <laughs> I'm dodging that. <laughs> Getting out of the way. You're considerably weaker than I am, if I had to guess. Also, his boot is he's wearing metal like boots. So I don't think stomping on his foot's gonna do much. Well, well, the most important part is like, like Orden's nearly dead. And like I said, I grab it and I say, "Don't do that." But I must eat. That makes no sense, and it's also very creepy. You know what? I originally had doubts earlier today about having you all along, but honestly, this is the best thing I could ever could have done. Tijuana saying as he's just casually sitting on the edge of the broken fountain just watching the scene before him if only i had some popcorn while ordon's just ravenously trying to jump up and catch the spear because i'm assuming asmodai is quite taller and i can't jump that high is there a time limit for your armor no okay well then 
If I cannot eat, can I at least give the man a drink of water? I'm, I really, I really feel like I need to say no, because I'm afraid that water is going to be poisoned, or it's just going to be fire or acid or something. Please don't torture the prisoner any more than he needs to be. Torture? No, 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 no torture. Just water. You won't let me have what I want, so I'll let him go. Just a sip of water. Oh. I'm going to tell you now, if you kill or harm this prisoner in any more ways, I am going to retaliate, just so you're aware. He is my conquest. I don't let people mess with my conquests. It's one of my tenants. Fine. You're more useful alive than dead anyways. And I just scoff at Asmodine. And then I walk over to the man, pat his head as my armor falls off into a coin onto the ground. I pick it up and put it in my pocket. And I think that uh, this entire time, like, you know, uh, Vince, like, is just staring at Asmodai with a smile and, like, just nodding, like, good job. <laughs> Alright, and at this point, I'm gonna cut Vince's bonds and he can go uh, run away to his superiors. I'll probably never see him again, but uh, we'll see. We shall see. So, yeah, he does, like, uh, the running place kind of run and slips around the corner as he uh, runs away. You know, I will say the work, the, I will say that the ending needs a little work, but uh, overall, I'd give that performance a 7 out of 10. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that it was well praised. I was going, uh, stopping fourth wall joke. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, all this burning of people is making me hungry. Can we get some food now? Uh, anyone remember where we're actually going? It's been like a month. So, I mean, it could possibly feel like a month. That certainly was uh, the longest, what, minute, two minutes of our entire lives, but... Yes, it, it feels like it took weeks to go from that to that, but... Uh... But uh, we were making our way to uh, uh, meet with my co-king at the King's Gambit. Ah, yes, yes, that. Uh, but before that, uh, these items, uh, Oron, what did we, what did you figure out? Gray. Were they magical? Hmm. Did you get, uh, what school they were from? What auras they were giving off? I would say that, uh, the hatchet is, uh, the school of, uh, conjuration. And, uh, the sword is, uh, school of necromancy, then. So, uh, Orden, uh, the necklace that you have uh, on you right now is also giving a uh, vibe of uh, necromancy. Interesting. Yep. What will you guys do now? In character, I'll say, well, I think that uh, you all should take what you want. Orden, you helped. You should get something out of it. Um, I think since I'm not really taking anything but a sword and you all are um, getting, you know, items out of this uh then um i think i would like to say that maybe i can get a larger share of the gold because honestly that's the thing that interests me most other than potentially wielding a necromantic sword um, I'm, I'm i'm okay with that just uh p 
please don't be mad at me for uh, my, my other side. I'm sorry. Don't don't hurt me, please. Hey, it's fine. Well, if we if we could just speed this up, I'm I'm really not doing too well. Um, uh, just like I said, just ju just like ten gold, I'll be fine, and then you guys can, you guys can have the rest. You know what? Piwan is just going to like take the merry berries and shove them into uh, Oridon's hands. There. <laughs> and and what does what what's this for? So I'm simply ordering you to take them. Okay. <laughs> what else are you guys gonna do? I'm going to then ask the uh, two casters be like, so necromancy is usually bad, right? That usually is usually more evil. Could be something bad upon my person, right? Or am I off base on that? This is to Ordon and P1, by the way. I was gonna let P1 answer first. So I guess it depends on how you mean by evil. As in, it might hurt me as well as someone else. Necromancy always gives me an uneasy sense. Well, um, all, all my magic comes from these little things here, so I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm evil. I have everyone has a few faults. No, no, you miss my point. Uh, if I just had that axe that conjures things, okay, I would not be as afraid that the item would be harmful to me. But the moment I hear necromancy, I begin thinking of curses. A am I wrong in that? Like, could this item possibly hurt, harm me if I, you know, spend time with it, make it mine? Well, well, I can let let's try try this out. As Ordon um pulls out the necklace from his pack, Th this had the uh the same glow as your sword. Um, I just put it on. And uh, you just put it on, and are you tuned to it? I haven't been. I mean. No, I'm not attuned to it. I mean, did you attune... If you've worn it for more than an hour, or spent time with it for more than an hour, you're attuned to it. I've had no reason to wear it, so it's just been in my pocket. Well, it's it's not about wearing it, it's about spending time with it and, like, making the conscious effort to attune to it. You don't necessarily have to wear it. Question is, do you want to be attuned to it? Sure, let's be attuned to it. Eh, you don't feel any different. Well, uh, everything seems fine. Like I said, they they had they had the same glow, so I I, I wouldn't worry. But just from my general experience, uh, necromancy could go one way or the other. You know, for a fact that uh, necromancy can do a lot of harm. Just kind of like flexes his right hand a bit from the previous combat. <laughs> so, but I also know it can preserve life and uh, even bring back life from those who have lost it. Uh, just to uh, interject here really quick, just because Piwan, uh, you said you're from the capital. Uh, Juliano, specifically the capital, actually does have a positive light on necromancy. Yeah, and that and that and that doesn't change like how cavalier he's being about it. So it could go one way or the other. It depends on how you use it. For example, that one over there specifically, uh, pointed over it, uh, tried to threaten our lives. So I changed the location of his uh, heart valves. <laughs> And if I had so chosen, I could have spared his life. <laughs> With another kind of magic, but similar school. Mm. I'm gonna... I'm gonna hold on to this, because it's still... Uh... Actually, I realized that... Well, no, that's not gonna work. Never mind. Can't use Divine Sense. <laughs> mm, let's see. How many times can I use Divine Sense a day? Uh, you can one plus 
plus your charisma. Ah, yes. Um, you know what? I'm gonna just use divine sense. Um, it's probably not gonna do anything, but there's that off chance that there's an evil thing in this sword. So uh, I'm just gonna gonna go ahead and use that. See if I feel uh, any celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet of me. Hmm. Uh, you sense undead. Where? I know the location. Yep. It's... If you're holding the sword, it's right in your hands. Ah, uh, yes. Alright! There is an undead aura coming off of this sword. Son of a gun. I'm glad I thought to do that. Well, definitely not using this until I can get it looked at. Tag, if you'll permit me, I might recognize it. Tag. This is essentially me asking the DM if I can like maybe do an Arcana chalk to see if I if I recognize an item that might fit this description more or less. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, what did you get? Uh, with a soft twenty. <laughs> oh fucking Christ! All right, all right, all right. And uh, 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 let me ask again: uh, You're at was this for the history of the item or what kind of magical effects it could potentially have? Well, basically, I'm on the basically based on like the description. If he could possibly uh, narrow down, if he knows uh, what this item is, especially since uh, P1 as a character has uh, mm. been looking extensively into magic items and their effects. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, just from like the idea of a sword possessed by a, uh, a specter, you could only assume that it'd be a test against like uh, the the holder's willpower. Though, by a glance at this sword, you can see, like, the ghost is a bit... would be the best way to put it. Uh, dim. It'd be redundant to say the ghost is dying, but it's a remnant of itself. You think that if a person has enough willpower, you could easily clear out the infestation in the sword. But on the other hand, fighting with a ghost is always tricky. That's uh, probably what you could uh, ascertain from your uh, uh, check. Okie doke. Yeah, uh, other than that, obviously, banishment on the sword would make it leave. Yeah, so then, you know, Pibon would just, like, after examining the sword a little bit more closely and thinking on it, well, judging by my expertise, I do believe that you are probably dealing with a sword that has in some way been possessed, but surely with someone as strong of a will as you could easily overpower it. This one certainly is a bit on the weaker side. I don't like that. I'm gonna hold on to this. Not a fan of curses. Not a fan of undead either. Not a fan of potentially being possessed, really, if I'm going to be honest. Well, I don't know what you mean. On the battlefield, you certainly looked like a man possessed. Ah, and he kind of like gives a wink on that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Cute. But uh, that is that is good. That means that the f that uh, I am giving off what I want people to see. So well, you have certainly left an impression on me. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of like look out to everyone. So then, have we decided everything? I'm good. I'm still hungry. And we will get some food into you. And I'm 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 still dying. <laughs> I'll pat him on the back and give him one health, one hit point. <laughs> right, no, no, I like being at fives. I'll give him two hit points. There. Oh my god. 
<laughs> you treated him just as good as the fucking hostage. Actually, I gave the hostage more. <laughs> so, well, I suspect that the King's Gambit probably has food available. So, if not, well, that's another thing I'll have to change, won't I? Yeah. You know what, they're nobles. They totally have... They most certainly have uh, have snacks available. And just, like, just starts walking off. <laughs> hmm? I'll follow. Alright. If you guys are all following, um, I just need to clarify. Uh, Iceman, your uh, divine sense doesn't detect anything else. He just went through it. He just went through everything. Alright. Uh, anything else for business? Or are you guys going to uh, the King's Gambit location? Uh, I don't... I, I don't have anything... Um... Actually, I mean, I will, as we're walking, speak with Ordon and be like, So, what's with the whole personality shift when you put on your armor? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. It, it's it's kind of hard to remember sometimes, but uh, I, I just I feel on top of the world when I, I'm in my armor. And it, it just it just seems to do something to me. Alright. I, I I do like to think of myself as the 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 best smith in the world. Okay. Um before you guys go on, you guys can uh, continue in a second. Uh how how exactly are you gonna get over to the King's Gambit? Because uh, you guys are currently right here. You're gonna walk through uh Wild Ones territory, you're gonna go through the Sisterhood, Black Eyes, then the Wild Ones. I mean I've we're already in the Wild Ones territory. Straightest shot is going this way because we can't get we can't go around because we can't swim there's there there's only one way to go over the bridge because since they're on the other side they're in jade hills hmm biggest thing is just the difference between like uh the urban environment actually having you know once say defenses but you know being urban uh versus like a barren land i mean if it's barren we it's easier it's harder to hide if it's urban, they can hide. So yeah, I'd rather have the open. Well, it's up to you guys, but to me, I'd I'd rather have sightline. If there's no buildings, there's less places for them to ambush us. I agree. Mm. Well, P1's leading the way, so I, I was assuming he's all hotty dotty. He might just take the quickest route. Quickest route, P1. I mean, yeah, unless uh, honestly, unless uh, for whatever reason he had to take a different route. Uh... Uh, he probably is taking a similar route to the one that he took to uh, to visit the Crimson Fist. So but remember, me was leading the way to the Crimson Fist, so that might not be the most direct route. That that'd be that'd be like letting Leo lead you somewhere, because that worked very well. Also, I might be leading because I probably know the city better than P1. Yeah, that's right. So as you guys are walking along, uh, you do see like uh, origami uh, messages. Uh, come here and fro, like is is variety, uh, uh, specifically like uh, what what has uh, you Asmodai like uh, piquing your interest is uh, there is like uh, one or two like uh, red cranes uh, flying through the air. Do you let them uh, proceed? There's two cranes flying, like the the paper origami ones. Yeah, uh, they're coming to me. Sorry, I, I'm confused. They're they're not coming they're they're not coming towards you. I'm just saying that you see like uh, two origami red cranes flying, and those are the ones we use, right? If they're red, they're from us. Uh, 
I'm just gonna keep an eye out on on them just passively, seeing where they are going. It seems like they're going towards uh, the Black Eye territory. Other than that, um, uh, P1, you do see like a couple brown uh, origami brown rats uh, scurry by. Um, if you guys don't do anything, we can uh, move on. Uh, yeah, no. Other than trying to talk to Ordon, that's about it for me. Unless you guys have some. I'm good. Sounds good. Uh, you guys uh, go through uh, the Wild Ones territory and then uh, through uh, clear water. You uh, go past uh, the burnt orphanage and uh, you do see like a couple corpses hung on a uh, black rope. Uh, one or two more than uh, like maybe one or or like then you guys do remember there's more corpses on the tree um, with a variety of marks not just uh, wild ones it looks like uh, by the glazed eyes of one of them one of them was the black eyes um if uh, nothing's stopping you guys uh, go over the bridge uh, through uh, the guard outpost where you see uh, a, a young man and an older uh, soldier like bickering back and forth before you guys see uh, the king's gambit which is just a couple noble states very small though home sweet home so well they do both appear to still be standing mm. you're welcome because uh if it wasn't for me this place would have been overrun to go i didn't do anything ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh Took me a moment. If not for myself, Asmodai. <laughs> ah. Well, I suppose I would have just changed targets, but thank you for leaving this one off to the side for me to take personally. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's right. You're new. You just decided to waltz up and take a target. You know, why couldn't you have been, you know, like with the Black Eyes or the Grim Song or... Heck, Clearwater. Well, no, screw Colby. Uh, someone that are interesting. Anyway, so lead the way. Well, just to answer your question, honestly, what can I say when I see a rule? I can't help but have the urge to break it. And just, like, starts walking. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you uh, start walking along and you do see, like, a few nobles wearing, like, weird head... Uh, Edwear from uh, apple caps to like bishop hats, playing uh, chess and whatnot. It uh, appears that uh, like their wear is uh, white as opposed to the black that you saw when you were climbing the ranks. Um, as you uh, go along, uh, you do see an older gentleman of sorts. I would say he's in his thirties. Uh, uh, I would say like so mid thirties with. Uh, a pure black beard and a white crown on top. He uh, wears regal wear without a single wrinkle within it, and he uh, fiddles around with a, uh, a silver coin with a pentagram engraved on both sides. He uh, looks at you, offers a greeting, and goes, Piwan, it's very nice to see the new king. And very nice to see the, uh, I suppose the title would be for you would be the King of White? Uh, he looks at you and says, King of White is such an abhorrent title. Just call me Jean Laban. And he uh, motions for you to come over and shake his hand as he stands up. It's, uh, it's, uh, he, does point, he does shake his hand. It's just like, 
I would have met with you a bit earlier, but I did have some business to take care of on the other side of the bridge. Yeah. Uh, do me a favor. Make a strength check. He shakes your hand so hard he picks you up. <laughs> Natural 20. <laughs> Damn! Yeah, so I want to imagine that you put too much oomph in your like, handshake towards him and he winces slightly. Like, he was trying to get the upper hand, so to say, and try to crush your hand, but no, you you did it for him. So you set the tone for the room. <laughs> Psycho, whoops, my apologies. We were attacked earlier today, so I suppose my muscles are still working. <laughs> no, I heard, I heard. Uh, what's uh, What pleasure do I have for your company? So, well, honestly, I did think it would be a bit rude if the two of us didn't meet, but... There are other concerns that uh, I figure might be needing addressing as he kind of uh, gestures over like in the direction of his uh, compatriots, but probably uh, most notably um, uh, Asmodai. And he just, uh, you know, his eyebrow raises and goes, oh, the fiery fist. What a stupid name. And he uh, sits down and motions for uh, P1 to uh, have a game with him as uh, you guys uh, begin to chat. <laughs> it's a, if you'd like, if you'd like Aspadai, you could always have a seat next to us. I don't think that should be a problem. Mm, yes, if the invitation is open. And I look at the other individual. Yeah, he, Ajin uh, gives you a nod and says anything for our uh, savior. And he basically uh, kicks you over a nice chair to uh, sit and, and uh, right next to the game. And uh, yeah, I'll go sit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what are you going to, uh, be talking about, Piwan? So, as you know, I had a bit of business on the other side of the bridge. So, most notably... Oh, sorry. So, most notably, as he just, like, gestures to Asmodai, I decided to have a bit of a... Well, not precisely a one-on-one, -on -one, but, uh, a meeting of sorts with the Crimson Fist leader. Mm. Well, John, how's he doing? Overall well, though... Overall well, though a bit miffed. I would assume so. Uh, he uh, begins to uh, strum his uh, like uh, fingers across the chessboard, and uh, he uh, moves one of his pieces. Uh, I need you to do me a favor and make me an intelligence uh, uh, throw with uh, proficiency. That'll be uh, 15. Okay, 15. Yeah. So uh, will you guys uh, both uh, open up with, or he opens up with the Queen's Gambit. And uh, you guys uh, move a couple pieces around as you guys begin to chat. And uh, he, uh, like, asks you a question as you're playing along. Piwan, you mind telling me why you thought to introduce yourself to other factions before you came to see me? For God's sakes, we're not even a door apart. And uh, he basically takes one of your major pieces with a pawn. So, well, frankly, I did leave a bit of uh, the other house... In a bit of sorts, after I, you know, uh, claim my victory, I felt it might be best to disappear for an hour or two. And I don't like to waste time. And he nods his head and uh, says, Are you aware that the black faction is hardly standing anymore? Oh, did they go and self-destruct themselves? Uh, no, worse. They're going with the common rabble with their fallen leader. You know how pieces are. And uh, make me another uh, uh, check be 13 13 he still beats you so um he has a plus seven or more bonus <laughs> more 
uh, you, uh, see him, uh, basically, uh, you bring out your, uh, knight, and he takes it with his bishop, and he goes, uh, quite. That's why we like to get rid of pieces before a new leader takes up the board. Old pieces tend to be disobedient or too loyal to the previous king. And he basically starts to twiddle around the white, his white king as he's talking to you. Huh. That is a bit of a shame. It'll be much harder to find appropriate replacements when they're already all gone. I mean, I suppose then it wasn't much different than from the all kidding themselves, I guess. A bit barbaric, but... Not very. What can we say? Put your wit on the line, put your life on the line. And T just gives a slight chuckle. And, um, make me a perception check, please. 18. 18. You see, like, a origami uh, blue butterfly uh, flutter away from him and uh, towards the window. And, uh, I think he uh, continues on with the conversation going, well... You're going to have a lot of time to yourself trying to rebuild the black faction, but I do have faith. Just make sure that they are of noble blood. We won't want the common rabble to think they're all welcome here. Well, then perhaps uh, a certain proposal might interest you then, as uh, you know, as they do continue playing. So quite, so quite frankly, with how things uh, presently are, and as I've heard rumor of uh, the past, what would have been like a, like over the past week... <laughs> Like, since the everything went down, just a recollection. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a week. So, uh, the King's Gantt might do well with uh, perhaps uh, broadening their horizons and gaining a few more allies in order to protect their interests. And uh, he raises an uh, eyebrow and says, uh, well, go on. What do you have in mind? And uh, make a check for me, please. 18. Or, excuse me, that soft 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you beat him. Uh, you soft 20? Yeah, you, you beat him. Damn. So, I want to imagine at this uh, moment he has a strong, like, uh, uh, front that he's, uh, uh, going against you, like a strong assault, and you're missing a lot of pieces. Uh, basically your king's about to be checkmate in about two, three moves, and that's when, like, you move an unexpected piece. I think you move a pawn that uh, forces uh, a bishop to move to a different place, which creates an opening for your bishop to create a checkmate against his king. And he looks down at the board after he loses. And uh, P1 will offer his hand like, it's like, well, good game. You certainly put up a better front than the previous king. Throwing shade. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, begins to chuckle and goes, yeah, I see you are quite worthy of being a king. And he goes, uh, basically, with this persuasion check, he can do it with an advantage since you won the game. Uh, how are you phrasing this? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, as he's just like, uh, simply put, for the best of yourself and the rest of King's Gambit, the sooner that we gain some powerful allies, the more easily that perhaps we could reclaim a little bit of what has been lost, or at the very least, stave off certain other interests from taking things themselves. How do you suppose? So, well, recognizing that perhaps some tension exists, uh, there is certainly, as he just like gestures toward Asmodai, a prospective opportunity with allying with perhaps these uh, Crimson Fist individuals. He uh, begins to uh, nod his head and uh, make a uh, persuasion check, please. Only a 13. All right. So with advantage, you got 13? Like, look, you can't help it if you roll low. 
Yeah, I see that. I guess he uh, looks uh, up and down um, the asthma die. Like the fine piece of meat he is. And uh, he... I, I believe the, the way he would approach this, especially with that kind of role, it's... I need a little bit more convincing than a simple game of chess. How do you suppose that they would be useful to us? As he sort of like uh, plucks a feather from his body and like uh, writes something a bit and like waves it around, a minor illusion of Asmodai uh, having transformed into his fire elemental form. So, well... By all accounts, while we certainly have the intellectual high ground, they certainly have the manpower. And I don't believe we, and despite the naming convention that they have decided to go with, you can't deny the power that they have. And I want to say that we see like a gleam of orange from that, uh, what, projection in your hand. And uh, we see just that, like, horrifying vision, uh, visage of uh, Asmodai in his elemental form, and we see him smile. Um, I think uh, how he uh, goes more into this is, one man can be, uh, can combat an army, but one man can't win wars. Granted, a fiery fist, albeit, I'm not a fan of the name. I hate it too. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I was going for Crimson Avenger. I don't know how fiery just happened. <laughs> he, uh, he says to you, uh, I don't refute your strength. You have it in ample supply. But one man can't win wars. And he looks at Piwan, and an army can't win without weapons. Are you aware what's what uh, what's happening with the Scorching Hammer as of late? So I am a bit newer in town, so I haven't really been privy to all the rumors. <laughs> Do I know what's been happening with the Scorching Hammer as of late? Um, I believe I asked you to make a check uh, when you uh, got your armor done. So uh, I, I believe all that I told you is that uh, you uh, you heard uh, uh, hammer rings like very late at night and a lot. But other than that, you've had a busy week so far. Yeah. So, um, he, uh, goes on to say, uh, the blacksmith's guild, the Scorching Hammer, they've been going non-stop. They've been making armors and weapons, but weirdly enough, I'm not seeing any of their produce on the streets. Doesn't look like any of the gangs are getting more than what they can loot off dead bodies. <laughs> um, he, uh, looks at you, P1. I'd be more than happy to open negotiations for our alliance with uh, the Crimson Fist, but I remain strong on this point. We cannot fight a war without weapons. Yeah, it just so happens that that is our specialty. We actually, I imagine, our shipments out of the city have been slow as of late in the last week. Due to the turmoil, we actually have been developing a stockpile. As you might, may or may not have been aware, that was our uh, primary niche, was uh, acquiring weapons, having them made, and then shipping them out of the city to various places. And we have quite a relationship with a number of blacksmiths. 
And uh, I, he uh, begins to uh, nod his head and goes, all right, all right. And I believe, like, uh, he begins to uh, write something uh, down. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure who he'd hand it to. I think uh, he would hand it to a P1. It's just a white piece of paper. And if you took a uh, uh, like cursory glance over it, it's just an R like uh, an order for an ungodly amount of weapons and armor. And he goes on to say, many of the nobles still have their own forces. Granted, we're a bit locked in the city at the moment, but should we reach word outside, we should have uh, extra hands to help bring order back to this fallen city. See, that's really interesting that you mention that. Because, see, I am of the opinion of looking a little bit further ahead. Now, obviously, I don't make the decisions for my uh, group. I am just a, a cog in the machine. But, and my boss seems to agree with me on this, we want to know what the after will look like. Because it seems like you will want to reestablish the status quo. Nobles back in charge, Jade Hills sterilized of anything but the richest and most influential as things were. Um, he, uh, nods along with you and just, uh, I, I believe how he responds to that is, a noble face must sit on the throne, albeit the throne is quite ruined and the state is, ugh, god, the state, and he looks through the window and we see, like, a blue palace in place of where the state once lied. It's going to require research and quite possibly an exorcism. It's going to require people going into the Unseen Public and dealing with all the demons that are guarding it. I don't know if you've been there personally, but I have. I mean, he shakes his head. I prefer not to take drugs. Uh, I don't take drugs. Never have not taken them in my life. There are other ways of going there. Yeah, and I guess he strokes his chin and goes, oh, I never knew that. That's interesting to hear. Um, but he uh, doubles down uh, at his point, saying, Irregardless where the throne may be, a throne must be placed down and a noble must sit at it. Whether you're uh, being fed by the hand or hit it is all upon you. But if you were to help us establish order again, I can guarantee that Giuliano's forces won't come marching in here with plated arms and slaughter every riffraff that they see and he smiles i can guarantee that you'll get a he hefty amount of gold and quite possibly uh, magical artifacts hmm really interesting who makes that rule though who said that, that it has to be a noble on the throne i mean look at p1 here as far as i know He's a stranger, he's not necessarily a noble, but yet here he sits as your opposite king. And you can, if you, like, if you have a sharp enough eye, you can see his brow furrow at the mention of P1, and especially as his status. And uh, he tells you, 
Unfortunately enough, uh, me and my uh, cohort, Roland and I made these rules for our uh, uh, King's Gambit after the fall of the state. There's only a way to maintain o order with uh, the lower nobles in our Eclion. Unfortunately, our rules were not quite as perfect as we'd want them to be. But unfortunately enough, we followed through with what traditional values we had. Granted, an oversight on arrogance and confidence are quite immiscible with this turn of events. And you can see that he is really exhausted by just even mentioning P1 being on a, uh, the same level as him. So, let, let's follow that logic train then, shall we? That, see, here is my problem with nobility. Is, you act so noble, pun intended, yet, you want to keep as many people out of it as possible. Uh, but, see, the thing is, you make it seem like it's all about birth and station. But the truth is, is there are ways to use P1's phrases, to play the game and become one of the pieces, but you don't like making those ways known, and you will resist anyone barging their way in. See, you tell these rules like everyone is supposed to follow them, but the problem is, is you assume that the public and everyone else is going to adhere to them, when in reality, Whoever sits upon the throne of this city is going to be the one that wins. And if I'm looking at the pieces you have on the board right now, you're looking to another chessboard for all of your pieces, but you have scant little that are actually on the chessboard of this city. And yet you want to say who can be the king, who can be the queen. Seems awfully arrogant, does it not? Arrogant? Possibly. Is it the thing that will and must happen? Absolutely. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. I play by them. King's Gambit, that's my gang. I get to make the rules. The city, the state, the government. I'm sorry. Just another player, just like you. Just like, and he looks at P1. Just like P1. Um, excuse me? What's the gnome doing here? Oh, I'm I'm sorry to intrude. You you said you have to follow by, by the rules, but the the kings make the rules, right? And he nods. And P1 over here, he he's also a king. So don't you don't don't you guys have to talk about it with each other about the rules? <laughs> oh yes, dig the screws in. He you can see him visibly, just like he. Honestly, give me an insight check, please. You see a plastic smile. And Tia goes on to mention, Why, yes, usually we dictate rules by chess games. Whoever wins gets to a uh, can either veto rule, uh, make an addendum, or establish a new law. If you have enough wit, you can prevent it or make your own strength in this organization. And he looks towards P1. Unfortunately, P1 is disqualified. But, but what if you weren't to be king anymore? What what would uh, happen to the rules then? Let's not think about what ifs. Let's think about what has happened. I am still the king, and I shall always be the king. I'm curious. 
Who's in this room right now? Um, to my knowledge, I was just thinking that it was just him, like, fucking setting up a chessboard for, uh, uh what's-his-nuts P1, so I would assume the party and him? No guards? Nope. <laughs> huh. Continue. Hmm. Uh, can I do another insight check on Asmodai? Hmm. Wait, on Asmodai? Yeah, to see what, if he came to that conclusion i'm just wondering what he's thinking with a 10 that does not beat my passive deception or well i don't know how you do it but that doesn't even hit my passive deception i'm clueless unless you want me to counter roll on that but like that's a pretty low roll no you could you probably just hold your face and you know poke your face at realizing that yeah yeah anyways uh like he said before um uh, P1 is disqualified. Why? That was going to be my question. His crown. Look at it. And if you guys actually look, uh, compare the crowns, one has a gem from the White uh, King. He has a gem in his crown. Well, P1's is lacking one. I am so tempted to do something really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but if he's a king and you're a king, then that's not equal. Where's his gem? That's my question to you, P1. Where's your gem? A crown isn't the only mark of the king. It's a gem. Without the gem, we have no use in this town. Uh, I will ask, uh, during the game, was the gem on the crown? Yes. You know, P1 thinking for a moment, like, Ah, well then it appears that the former king of black is a bit of a sore loser. Hmm. Yeah, it appears so. But unfortunately, you do, you do not have any authority in the king's gambit without that gem. I'm sorry to say. So, I'm curious about these rules, because P1 is a little scant. Tell me about uh, these rules, if you would. Do there always have to be two kings? There always has to be two kings. And the king is signified... It's not really about who the... It, the king is signified by having a crown and a gem, then, yes? Yes. And whoever wears the crown, whoever has a gem... The rules state that they are given the authority over your little over this King's Gambit group. Yes. <laughs> One more question. Please, Gnome. Go right ahead. Well, if you you said there has there has to be two kings, you know, th that that's your rule. If P1's not the king, who who is the second king? Well, P1 has uh, the symbol of authority, the crown, but unfortunately it has no use. So whoever has the gem actually has the power. And I could only think of the damage he's doing to this town right now with that damn thing. But that, that, that would split the kings in three. Don't you see your folly? Here, here, little gnome. Little gnome. Let me explain it slowly. The crown is for here, right here. Let me show you. And he just calls in a random man, and you just see one of the pawns walk in, and he goes, you see him? He gets commanded by a person with a crown. A crown. And he tells him, uh, leave. And he leaves. The gem, uh, follow me closely, the gem, and he snaps his finger, and we see a, let's see, what should I have? We see... A pink grasshopper, uh, or a pink origami grasshopper, hop into the room. He unfolds it, 
the gem helps us keep a position in town. And he shows you, like, the fucking uh, grasshopper. Unfolds it, crosses off a few things, and rewrites something else. Hey, Gray, look at your whispers in the roll 20. Okay. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. So, uh, anything else you want to do besides bash his fucking skull in? Uh, no. <laughs> no? Just bash it in. Alright, um... Well, I'm avoiding the crown. <laughs> okay. By the way, he's distracted. <laughs> he's not paying... He He's looking at the, the gnome. Mm. Alright, that's perfectly fine. That is, ignore the bless, a modified 20. Yeah, modified 20. Um, how do you kill him? Uh, while he is talking to Ordon, I'm just going to slowly grab out my warhammer <laughs> and just say, heavy is the head, and just swing, batter, batter, swing. And I want to imagine, like, it's like one of those Michael Bay films where we see, like, three different views of the same action. And we see, like, Asmodai, the hammer, come down. His, like, head, like, back of his head crush in, shatter as the momentum brings his face to the table. His fucking nose immediately cracks. His eye pops out slightly. We see red blood vessels burst. And <laughs> P1... Just like uh, being at a show for a whale, like, you're in the splash zone, dude. So, like, you get a bunch of blood just spurt on, like, right all over you as he is making that explanation. And also, I like to imagine when I say that, he turns just as my hammer is about to hit his face, and he's got that moment to go wide-eyed as he realizes, this is going to really hurt. As he realizes, checkmate. <laughs> oh, I should have said that. Gosh dang it. That would have been a way better one-liner. Does the crown fly off? Absolutely. And we see it rattle on the ground as it, you know, does the classic coin rolling on the floor kind of dealio. Uh, I was hoping to get a little more out of him before that happened. Uh, as he's just going to, like, wave his hand and have the mage hand pick up the crown. <laughs> well... My apologies, but uh, he was. I saw too good of an opportunity as uh, the lane was open, my bishop was ready, and you know, I had to go for the checkmate. He put himself in check, I couldn't help it. Uh, but uh, well, wait, you're not surprised. I figure you'd be freaking out at this moment. Well, it's definitely going to cause a few problems that will set us back a little bit, but it's uh. As just kind of like uh, looking over at his dead corpse. Uh, he was never going to quite be ever okay with my position. You have a gem to find. And Asmodai will hold his hand out for the crown when you get it from your mage hand. Looks like we're partners. But just like as the as the crown is just floating there for a second, uh, looks at him. To, uh, you know, you may not be a true player, but you sure know how to play the game. As he as he allows the mage hand to set the crown on his head. <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like that's like in an episode. I feel like that's an excellent ending point. This has been House Common Blood. The intro and outro music by Savic. Oh my dog. 
Any music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word by mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. Now I have to get back to making my 40k army so I can wipe chaos off the map.